Well, hello there once again. This is Dr. Stephen V, and you are listening to the Take Care and Live podcast. This is Tuesday's Take. Well, hello again, everyone. Grad, grad, glad to be connecting with you today. <laughs> I'm not even going to remove that. I'm going to leave it right there. Glad to connect with all of you today. Um, I, I want to dig in and, and do a little bit of chatting. I hope your week has been going pretty well. The sun has been out. We've been getting some sunshine. Temperature is up today in the 70s here in uh, the East Coast, um, uh, which is nice. Still feels a little chilly to me, maybe because I live in the old house and it just retains the cold. Uh, nevertheless, uh, glad you're here. Glad we have the opportunity to connect today. Let's talk a little bit about accepting unexpected opportunities. Accepting unexpected opportunities. One of the secrets of getting to where you need to be and where um, you may have some gifts and talents, right, that you know about. And they may be gifts and talents that need to get discovered, uh, but you may have gifts and talents that need to be exercised or refined um, or just become more pronounced. And you may not even recognize it yourself that you have it, but the opportunity creates it uh, or unveils it, I should say. One of the ways for those things to be revealed um, and to be refined is to accept new assignments. And sometimes a new assignment seems to come out of nowhere. We didn't expect it. In some instances, it can almost feel like a mismatch, right? Appear odd and out of place. Um, but nevertheless, it's come in your direction. So, so what do you do? How do you handle this, right? Um, which is a valid question because people tend to do one of two things. They either run in the opposite direction out of fear or they jump headfirst into it um, without doing some level of assessment and then they find themselves engaged in something that becomes quite quite a bit of a nightmare for them right um, and even at that point there's some there's some power you have to navigate that situation and, and we'll get to that um, but I, I want to start off talking about what you don't look for Okay. One of the things you don't look for is whether or not it's a disruption. Uh, don't anticipate this not being a disruption. This new opportunity is actually um, getting in the way of your status quo, is getting in the way of the rhythm that you've set and established. Doesn't mean that it is the wrong thing, it just means it's shifting what you've gotten used to. All right. Remember what I said in the previous podcast that not all disruptions are the same. Right. Interruptions to your plan are not necessarily distractions to your plan. Right. Interruptions to your plan are not necessarily distractions to your plan. So before you reject the new opportunity of the assignment, um, ask yourself whether uh, this is a distraction, meaning something that's moving you away from where um, you can um, be of greatest good. Um, or simply 
Um, is it a interruption? Is it interrupting the flow of what you um, have been doing? But when you step back and take a look at the possibilities, you can um, and you take a look at what the scope of the opportunity is. Um, you recognize it's actually giving you the space to be of greater good than you initially intended by maintaining the track you were on. Okay. And so that's something to think about. Um, Some things now, I don't care how grand it is or how famous or notable the person is that asked you to do it. um, You should simply not touch. You should stay far away from because it is a distraction, right? It will create a sense of misalignment, um, not necessarily just in the stuff you're doing, but in um, your intellectual um, strengths, uh, in your um, physiological needs, in your emotional states. Uh, And I'm not talking about just trying to walk around being happy all day long. That's not the chief object of human beings, right? To just walk around and be happy. That's, That's not what this is about. Um, because anything worth doing is going to cost you time, energy, emotions. Um, it's going to require sweat, equity. Um, it's just about how and what kind of sweat, equity, or time um, and emotion is being exerted. Okay. Um, my wife and I, for example, were recently in conversations with someone about an opportunity that looked really nice. It, it, um, it had appeal to it. Um, but in stepping back and giving it some thought, um, we discerned that it was a no. We recognized it wasn't a match for us. Um, and we had to look beyond the fact that this looked like a great grand opportunity for us to make impact. But we also, in stepping back, did some self-evaluation about how it fit into the bigger scope of what we were discerning, what was right for us, both in an individual level and in our relationship. And in having to step back and do that, we recognized and we were easily able to say to the person who we respected and who was kind enough to ask us to consider it um, that, no, this this wasn't a match. Um, and sometimes opportunities will present themselves and they appear bigger or better and as an opportunity to flex more of your capacity. But because they're not resonating with you, um, they're actually serving as a test for you to weed out where you where you really stand on issues or where you really have value um, or are placing value um, or where you uh, believe um, your greatest usefulness is or is not. And as an individual, you have to have a stronger and the strongest sense of that more than anyone else. Now, there are times and there are there there's, there's a clear there's a clear faith based framework that uh, challenges us to take steps and actions in moments of uncertainty. That's my prior podcast. I talked about that, uh, about dealing with uncertainty. There will be moments when you're asked to step into uncertainty, but because you have the faith for it, meaning you have the uh, intellectual uh, um, emotional, even physical um, sense. They, there's this seems to be an agreement within your faculties, you know, that this is the, this makes sense, go in that direction um, or say yes. <laughs> um, then, you know, you go ahead and you do it. Um, 
you make that move because you've established you have the faith for it. There's some things that you try to force yourself to have the faith for that it just doesn't align with your personhood, at least not at this time. And you need to honor that. Um, I can give you one example. Uh, I had an opportunity to engage in a project this coming summer um, that is being held at a uh, university in my city. Um, and they reached out to me knowing some of the work I've done, particularly around racial equity, the work I've also done specifically around the role of black fathers in the lives of their um, children, uh, particularly their children's learning lives, and wanted me to consider uh, building out um, a segment of a program uh, for young people who are going to participate in it. And I had to really step back and consider what would be the time commitment for me to prepare for that um, and I had to scrutinize it and say, okay, um, what else is on my plate that's supposed to get my time that I'm supposed to be, uh, finishing and following through with, but still have to make sure I'm allocating the right time in my calendar to do so. What things on my plate, um, are there that would be sidelined, um, for the short term or long term by doing this and will that sidelining or that adjusting of my time be of best value uh, and use to the audience I'm called to, right? Or would I be underserving them by allowing that time to be hijacked by something else that looks good, sounds good, is a good opportunity, just not the right or good opportunity for me, right? So the more that time passes, the older you get, I'm talking about not just older by the year, but older by the month, the more the time passes, the more you and I should be clearer about what are distractions um, and what are simply interruptions, right? What's an interruption um, that could actually add value and just helping to change course and augmenting my course a bit or a distraction that's completely trying to remove me um, off of um, a course of action that I don't have peace about um, nor do I have a, the faith for, right? Um, like you wouldn't jump out of a plane um, to go skydiving if you didn't have faith for it, right? You you do it because somehow you believe, yeah, I'm scared, I'm shaking in my boots, but I'm gonna do it. I feel confident about it. There's some level of confidence about jumping out that plane, <laughs> right? Um, so consider the same as it, when it comes to some of the new opportunities. Um, and you want to invite people into the conversation, right? One of the things I would do is invite people after you are offered this opportunity, invite people to ask you questions, to uh, ask you questions about why you might be fearful of stepping into it or why you might be resistant to it. People who know you, who you have relationships with, who you trust, um, because they will help you kind of weed out um, and figure out if you're just being a chicken or um, you um, just need some boost of confidence of which they should be able to help provide to help you see through, no, this really could work. You you have the, the ability to do this. I think you need to be more concerned about um, stepping into the moment as opposed to shying away from it, right? You need people in your life who can help you do that. Um, now, if you're one of those people who always counting uh, the cost and just going through a lot of mental aerobics in uh, analyzing uh, the opportunity or analyzing the pros and cons. Huh? 
that though they have strengths and weaknesses to that. You want to be careful about that. Uh, but I think one of the things that can help you cut through some of that uh, noise that you may be creating yourself um, is remembering that the solitary aim uh, and the core aim really of distractions is to throw you off a already clarified course that you know you should be heading in even in the midst of resistance uh, but yet you know you're maintaining your commitment to that course distractions will do that distractions are um, intended to um, keep you from realizing the end goal right nevertheless Distractions can be halted, right? At any point in time, you could say, no, get me off this train. Or at the very least, you can get off at the next exit, right? <laughs> at the next train stop. I'm talking a little metaphorically, but you get my point, right? Unless it's a suicide mission, a uh, life and death situation, um, there are very few things that you can't say, wait, stop, this is not for me. So even if you jumped into the opportunity as you found that it was creating um, a frustration level that did not help to accentuate your gifts, talents, or or reveal uh, some hidden um, abilities that you didn't even know you had, or and those abilities are not all kind of tangible things. Some of them is just patience is huge. You'd be surprised how many people just want someone who who has the skill of patience, who can exercise patience artfully um, to take on a role because they recognize other folks who are in their sphere don't have that capacity and you do. And that might be the single um, qualifier that stands out. Honor those kinds of differentiators. They matter uh, for you. Um, so you get my point, unless it's, uh, a suicide mission of some sort, um, where you, it's a life and death decision. Um, in most instances, you have the opportunity to say, okay, um, I'm going to stop here. Uh, initially, I thought it was a good idea. Um, I've moved forward with it and gave it some time and I recognize this is not a match. So I'm going to need to step away from it, um, realize you have that, that, um, that ability. It's very interesting. Um, we are finite human beings. We, we don't live in the physical body forever, right? Yet we always assume that the one decision we made will have consequences um, that we will not be able to realign, right? For the most part, Life doesn't work that way, right? Um, there are some things that can have lasting consequences if we remain in it um, and don't change it or stop it, right? I don't even have to go into all of those. That's another podcast altogether. We all have experienced that needing to say, ah, I need to change that behavior because if I keep eating those cookies late at night, I'm going to see some more rose uh, and not in the package. I'm going to see them around my stomach. Uh, you know, we all know um, there are behaviors or actions that if it was continuously done, it can have a lasting kind of uh, impact. Um, but most situations, we are free to pause, 
kind of slow down the train or ask the train to be slowed down um, and or you know bring it to someone's attention. I really appreciate this um, that you thought of me, but after having engaged in it for X amount of time, yeah, I'm going to need to bow out. Right. So that's that's a key element of your own personal leadership is recognizing when you need to say yes and when you need to say no. And also rec- and also recognizing that just because you needed to change course doesn't say um, or devalue um, your worth um, or your capacity or your intellect or your will. Um, none of those things can be. Um, judged based on you solely determining um, out of wisdom that yet this needed to get paused here, right? This needed to, I need to change course again. Some of the cues that will serve as evidence that this new opportunity uh, and shift in assignment aligns with where uh, you need to be are these. Okay, this is not the complete rule book. Neither is designed to be. But these are some key indicators that um, uh, I found to be helpful um, that I've also uh, discovered from others have been found to be helpful, have found to be helpful. um, And so you may as well. Um, Here's. The first one, other people see and trust you, right, to do it rather than looking elsewhere. So other people see and trust you to do it rather than looking elsewhere. There's some things um, that may, yes, be a little bit of like grunt work as a part of it. But because you have the personality and the demeanor to tackle it, um, there's a level of trust that's been um, expanded to you. um, And that as you honor that trust, could open up additional opportunities for you. And those opportunities may exist there. They may exist elsewhere. And you'll be able to see those opportunities because you opened yourself up to this one, which has as in turn um, cultivated more of your skills, more of your personhood, uh, more of your identity as a person. And your eyes are now open. So you'll be able to spot and see new opportunities. And it may also very well expose you to other audiences um, and sectors as a result of what that work demands um, or that opportunity is asking for um, that gets unleashed in your direction. Okay, so that's the first one. Other people see and trust you um, and they they ask you to do it because they recognize um, Amongst all the other people within the sphere of influence that they have, you are the individual um, who would do it and do it effectively. Right. So there's this consensus of trust. All right. This consensus of trust um, that exists. Um, 
A second one is this. You, you may feel nervous about the opportunity. You may even feel ill-equipped or unqualified, um, but you're still interested and you have the belief that you can do it. And so it doesn't mean that you won't need to engage at another level of learning or in another level of learning or shift um, how you've been cultivating relationships or uh, reestablish how you're using your time um, or even how you are dedicating some of your energies at the moment uh, in what you're doing. But you don't get these red flags, right? You don't get a ton of red flags um, that come up that can be resolved through some questions and inquiry and getting additional information. Right. Now, here's another one. This is a big one, because uh, what often happens, as I said earlier, people either will uh, go in two directions when in, uh, they're asked to um, engage in a new opportunity. Right. That they didn't expect. They'll either run for the hills because of fear or they will jump head in without doing uh, any assessment as to whether this uh, matches them or would be of greater use um, of themselves and serve others well. Um, And so as a result, you know, it's either this uh, flight away from it um, or this deep dive with very little um, self-assessment. So here's the other one. It's demanding of your potential uh, and your capacity, but it does accentuate areas where you're able to do your best work, meaning it's tapping into parts of you that you are probably less comfortable or have given um, less amount of time than others. But um, in doing it, it is accentuating. It is highlighting or allowing uh, you to practice or demonstrate Uh, what you are really good at, what you're good at being and doing, right? So for instance, you may not not enjoy the behind the scenes work of uh, planning for a keynote address, right? But delivering the keynote address is your sweet spot. You love that, right? So uh, you have to simply just buckle down and do the background work, all right? Do the planning, right? Uh, Because it's going to make the message that much more powerful, when you do so so make the trade-off so you don't like the research you don't like the background work but your message is that much more stronger when you've done that work um, before communicating and giving that keynote okay there are presidents and world leaders for example who have been notorious for having speech writers but not really spending any time in scrutinizing the message itself um, and so as a result they have ended up Stating things um, and communicating uh, messages uh, that they have to later backtrack because they didn't own part of the messaging. Right. Um, They weren't in the trenches in the planning for the message uh, that they were going to deliver to people. And um, they were far less convincing in the message uh, and they were far less committed to the execution of what was uh, described and explained in the message they delivered. Okay, I can think about a few here in the U.S., um, a few leaders, a few world leaders who were very intentional about getting in the weeds of their messaging. Theodore Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, Barack Obama. Right. They were very much in the trenches 
of crafting the message. They didn't just have advisors or in some cases speech writers, but they um, had a, a very intimate relationship with the process because they wanted to be sure what was communicated from their mouths was something that they uh, were personally convicted about. Right. So um, be comfortable with getting into some of the elements that may not be the most exciting for you, but um, tie in to the end result of which is your sweet spot because it only helps to make you more dynamic in the process. Okay, here's another more uh, commercial idea. I don't know who's shopping in stores these days. I mean, I know a lot of us are, <laughs> but um, you know, with the, the, the move of online shopping having taken over the last number of years um, and expanding. Um, but for instance, let's say um, you don't like the prep work uh, in prepping the product in the store before customers arrive, right? But you are one heck of a seller. Um, you are all about the customer sales experience. That is your sweet spot. Well, I say to you, um, buckle up, get over it, and do the prep work of getting the store ready, right? The more you know about the ins and outs of the store, the better you're going to be in offering a dynamic customer experience, right? You know where things are. You know how things are placed, um, there's a there's high level ownership in the experience. Um, I think we're entering a time and have been in a time for a little while um, where folks want to experience the glitz and glamour of the outcome, but they don't want to do the work behind it. That's simply not going to be the case. Right. You can't want to be the face of something and not be be an individual who has the, the capacity or wherewithal to get in. Uh, at the ground level of it, right? Doesn't mean you need to be in all of the weeds, but you gotta get dirty. There's gotta be some, you know, evidence of of thorns and weed plucking, all right, having been done on your person. <laughs> Another metaphoric uh, example. Uh, if you're going to really um, not just uh, be impactful or good at it, but be someone who can be trusted for the long haul in that effort, right? And let me say this, sometimes we're resistant to a new opportunity because how we've seen it executed um, is not the way that we would do it. And so having seen it done one particular way becomes a turnoff for our engaging in it altogether. And we say no, when in fact we need to step back, ask ourselves, wait, do I have the capacity? Do I have the competence to do it? Um, do I have the will to do it? Um, do I have faith for this? And if there if there's a yes in those categories, now it's about, OK, now, how could I make this effort my own? How could I make this uh, seat my own? Right. Brings you back to a quote I heard from Terry Crews of some time ago. You know, he was referring to sitting in the gym and, and one. And I brought this up in another podcast episode, you know, working out in the gym. Someone has their seat uh, fixed a certain way uh, to fit their um, approach to the exercise. You have to adjust it to fit you, right? So I say the same thing about the opportunity. An opportunity that's new may be presented to you. You might have seen other people do it and may not have liked the opportunity or the role um, because of the way you've seen it done. However, you are someone entirely different. And so you will bring another uh, set of skill. You will bring another level of attitude, you bring a different demeanor, you bring a whole nother approach that possibly the other person did not bring or offer. And that's okay. Hashtag no judgment. But 
recognize that you'll be bringing those things to the opportunity as well that can make it a, a not just a satisfactory experience, but a transformational experience for yourself and for everyone involved. Okay, so that's my talk, my pep talk for this week uh, in this week's tu uh, Tuesday's take. Uh, I want you to consider the opportunity. You may be very well on the cusp of one. I get the sense that you are. And so I'm going to invite you um, to do some reflection before you run from it. Consider just how much value you could add to it. And then decide. All right. Do this one thing and do it well, as I encourage you to do each and every time we spend time together. And that is to take care and live. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining this episode of the Take Care and Live podcast. I'm excited you spent the time with me today. And I'm going to ask you to do me this favor. Write us a review. Let us know just how much you enjoyed the show. And if you enjoyed the show so much that you think it's worth sharing with a friend, Go ahead and do that, too. We would love to hear just how much this show has impacted you and the friends you shared it with. And remember to do this one thing and do it well, and that's to take care and live.